Shout out to really important this week. Uh, some people may not know uh, my laser caught fire. My big laser caught fire last week and uh, ruined the machine in its entirety. And I, the first thing that happened was I went into my, into the room, woke up my wife at 2 AM and told her that we are ruined a little dramatic, I suppose. Um, and then she came out and saw it and, yeah, it was, it was a really hard thing to to get over and to kind of figure out um, as I was still working on people's Christmas orders. I was trying to get everything out before Christmas. I printed a bunch of labels and uh, while I was finishing some of those orders uh, with some base steppers, uh, you know, the laser caught fire. And it was really hard and detrimental for, for me to kind of like figure out what to do. It took me a couple of days without telling anyone. Um and then uh, some people said I should start a GoFundMe. And I did. And I did not know that everyone liked me so much. <laughs> I really have to say thank you to the community and every person that's really donated to this GoFundMe. It's really helped me and my family. Um, we had enough to put a down payment for a new laser. And me and Alexander uh, Popov, he's been on the podcast before, a good friend of ours. Uh, drove out to Vegas with me. Uh, we dropped off the other one and we picked up the other one. We picked up a new one uh, with the down payment. And, um, you know, Giacomo, Andrew Ramos, and somebody else, uh, what was his name? Mr. Matt. Matt came to my house and helped us load up the thousand pound laser into the back of a trailer <laughs> the night before. Uh, and it's been pouring rain in California. And so we drove out to Vegas, uh, picked up the laser. And um, drove it back. And I think the worst thing about the whole the whole scenario, the whole case, was that I was 11 days outside of warranty. And the only thing that the company could do for me is give me the same deal they had last year, which was essentially uh, $11,000 laser that I had to purchase again. Um, so, like, I have to say thank you to every single person that's really donated. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple people that donated anonymously that I won't name and they're quite big donations. And I have to say thank you from the deepest of my heart and um, my family's heart. Um, and then there's others. Of course I get to see everyone's name, but I'm not going to say everyone's name because we'd be here for possibly the whole podcast, me gushing over all of you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was something really difficult to deal with. And I look forward to talking more about that and maybe some of our other hotter takes on these, on these things on our new squad games redacted podcast, which will be for our Patreons only, um, that we will be releasing as well. Um, <clears throat> but I think that like, from like the depths of the gloom that I felt before to this new positivity that I've really had really is, is really galvanizing and it means so much to me and my family. I, I just can't, I just can't say more, you know, words can't express the gratitude that, that I feel towards the kill team community. Um, 
especially because it's been only the kill team community that's been donating. It's not friends. Or, I mean, it is friends, but it's not like family members or anything like that. It's literally just the kill team community. And then all everyone like, uh, you know, command point, can you roll a crit? Um, you know, battle brothers, Ben, they all shouted it out on their discords. Um, it really means a lot, fellas and ladies. Thank you guys a lot. Um, the the other thing that I want to do a shout out for is a Games Workshop is doing something that they haven't done in four years. It's called the Hobby. What's it called? The Warhammer Heroes. Yeah. Um, so Warhammer Heroes is a is a thing that they started and then it dropped off because of COVID, and now they're bringing it back. <clears throat> Essentially, you choose somebody in a local or somebody who you really like in the hobby, the, the Warhammer hobby, and you vote for them for your, uh, to be your, your Warhammer hero. And then they get recognized sometime in the year, as long as we don't get hit with coronavirus three, um, I'm sure it'll happen. Um, <clears throat> so, and then they also didn't recognize, uh, the year of 2020. So all of 2020 and whoever wins 2024 is going to get to go. I think it's really important as a as a as a community to go out there and vote for your friends or your or a family member or a content creator or somebody who you really enjoy in the hobby to go out there and vote for them. For me, I voted for G because he's the one who was like, "Hey, do you want to start a podcast?" and you know, <laughs> on top of that, I can even tell when he paints uh G also inspires me with his painting. He's an amazing painter, and uh, even when he paints his models uh, in color, all colorblind stuff, and they just look like different shades of brown, I can still tell that the browns look nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely wanted to, to say that, hey, get out there. We want the community to be heard by Games Workshop so that they don't do another four-year skip, right? We want, we want them to get their inboxes flooded with just these Warhammer heroes in your local communities to, to show that Games Workshop that, you know, we really care about recognizing people in the community, right? It's something that's really important to me, right? I really believe in voting. So go out there and vote for your favorite Warhammer person. Um, second, my second close uh, vote would have been for our guest today, who's uh, Chris Pocky. Yeah. Oh, th you're you're too kind. Uh, thank you, Dakota. It's it's a pleasure to be here. Um, and you know, you uh, you are a champion of the community. There's a ton of people who really care about you and support you. Um, and we uh, we can't wait to see you uh, back up on your feet with that new new laser, uh, pumping out wonderful wonderful stuff for the entire community to to use. Uh, you've been just tremendously generous um, with with myself and uh, others, people I care about. Uh, you know, friends, family. Um, so, you know, thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I have the good news is the laser, the, this laser that I got this time is way more powerful than my previous two. Yes, I've had two. One of them had to get sent back because it was a piece of shit. Um, and this is my big $10,000 laser. It's not the Glowforge. Um, this one came in already aligned and it's way more powerful than my last one. So it's, <laughs> it's taken a little bit of time to, to adjust some settings, but I've already started creating stuff again and making more base steppers for people to get out 
I hope to ship everything, a bunch of stuff today or right after Christmas. Um, if you have orders with me, thank you for being patient. I appreciate you. And uh, Chris, I appreciate your kind words. Thank you so much, brother. We're here today to talk about something super exciting. Uh, it's been nearly seven months since um, Games Workshop released a real team, um, <clears throat> other than Justinian, with the Mitsubishi Bolter. Yep. Um, that's what we call it. If you call it a Mitsubishi Bolter from Japan, then it gets the five attacks. And as you can see, the scouts have five attacks on their Bolter too. So obviously, the American one was a typo. Right, everyone? Yep. Right. Correct. Right. Or maybe all their bolters are just uh, manufactured in Japan. If, if, if you <laughs> well, want, you know, like, well, you know what it is. Those uh, those Primaris uh, heavy bolters are really trimming around the corners. So uh, you know that's probably the problem right there. Ah, there we go. Mm, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to talk all about uh, salvation, and. Um, I think we're going to try to do the terrain rules, the scouts, and the the uh, the blades. Um, this is an audio version of the format, so we will try to be as descriptive as possible, so you don't actually have to pull out the cards um, and read, because apparently we're getting the Warhammer 40k treatment now, where all of our stuff is going to be on cards. Thank God. Thank God. It's about time. Thank the Emperor. The Emperor. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, like, sorry, like sorry. Data, data cards and crap like that, you know? Yeah pretty exciting about that yes um <clears throat> and then we're going to go over some of the terrain and uh give our hot our first takes on it because this is the first time this morning i woke up what two three hours ago watched some videos um you know and and tried well i didn't watch as many i, I scrolled through because i like to have my own hot takes before i start hearing other people's um my, and have my own thought process. Did you guys uh, uh, do the same or have you guys been wa reading Reddit and all that kind of stuff? What's the overall like conception of the team? Are people happy? Are people pissed? What's going on? Just I've from images. Not, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, just from images, I like both the teams. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'll save, I'll save more as we get to it. But uh, overall, I like the way the teams are playing. I think it's cool. It's mostly unique. Uh, one team for sure is mostly unique. The other one was um, was a little bit different from what I expected, but uh, I'm not mad. I'm happy. Yeah, I was really shocked to see uh, the Blades of Cain come out with three APL. That's not new news. Right? We, we, we've, we've seen that for a few weeks now. Mm -hmm. um, I was really interested to see how this team was going to work in this design space where it seems like the only other team that had been there before was void dancers who were already so weird and uh, really, really excited to see aspect warriors take the rightful place as uh, you know, individual, uh, you know, badasses, right? They, they are, um, they are head and shoulders above, you know, their fellow guardians in the craft world. Uh, I'm a huge uh, Eldar fanboy, uh, So I was really, really excited to see how they, how they hit the table. Um, and I haven't played them yet uh, because I, I haven't been able to wake up any of my friends to play. Um, but I really, <laughs> really have a good feeling about how they're gonna how they're gonna work on the table. So, my immediate hot takes on the team are: I think they're both going to be a ton of fun. I think they're both going to be very interesting. I do have my criticisms of 
of both teams. Um, I feel that like with a lot of the past iterations of teams that have been come out, I feel like um, these teams, people were afraid that Games Workshop may have been afraid to make these teams too strong. So I think that they are going to be both very, very mediocre. And unfortunately, I don't think either of these teams are going to be competitively viable. Um, maybe maybe the, the Eldar team in time, but they're both going to need buffs. And I think that uh, I think that it's unfortunate that these teams both aren't going to be good until maybe the fall. Um, and then we might be either getting what a new addition or a new season um, before the data slate actually addresses any other problems. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they perform at LVO because we are going to be allowing both of these teams at LVO. We saw yep. the rules. We think they're good. We think they're going to be fun for the team for for everyone to play, and they're not cults 2.0 which was what we were worried about um so if you're thinking about bringing them we will amend uh the rules for las vegas open to allow both of these teams chris does that excite you because you are going to lvo all eldar must answer the call (laughs) (laughs) perfect (laughs) all right there we go we got our answer (laughs) so so i i think um the most exciting thing about um, LVO this year is that we hit 164 tickets sold for the championship event and FLG cut off all tickets. Uh, we do have a couple tickets left over that a couple people in the community bought. So if you guys, uh, if anyone, ladies, guys, anyone is thinking about still going or thinking about dropping their 40k ticket and coming over to kill team, we have a couple tickets. Just uh, message us, and we'll get you in contact with the right, the right homies, in order to uh, to make sure you can come and play as well. Uh, there's not many, but there is there is a couple. So not all hope is lost. Uh, we were sprung that on I think Tuesday last when the last episode dropped. Um, uh, kicker from FLG messaged me and was like, "Hey, tickets are ending tomorrow," and I was like, "Oh, that's not good." Or it was Monday, one of the two. Yeah, it was Monday, Monday. And uh, so <laughs> so uh, we had to try and let everyone know that uh, to buy their tickets within 48 hours. So, yes. <laughs> exciting. Exciting time. And then we sold like 27, including After Dark tickets. Like it was crazy. It was just like a, a bunch of tickets sold. It was really cool. Is there less chance? Yeah, I think we sold over 200 total tickets. Uh, to the kill team events, um, including narrative and and all that kind of stuff. So uh, super exciting! Um, it's going to be really big. It's going to be the most ITC points in the world, as long as we don't get a lot of drops. <laughs> but I believe we are nearly fifty people over the next closest event, which is a Warhammer World or Warhammer Fest, one of the two, at one hundred and seventeen. So. It's very exciting to see uh, the community coming together for such a large uh, Super Bowl of Kill Team. And I will hopefully see many of you there. Absolutely. It's going to be amazing. All right. So which team do you guys want to dive into first? 
feel like we should save Blades of Canes for after because that's the best. Yeah, the I juice. think when when we talk about the first team there, we think about the uh, the one that sort of scouted ahead and and uh, you know set everything up beforehand. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah. I could see that. I I found it so funny that we when we were guessing like what would happen with the teams, like I made it I was like I was just joking when I was like, hey, I think scouts are gonna scout better. Cause I was like, what else are they gonna do at this point in time? So many teams have so many special rules and then they could. I just didn't know all this crazy stuff they could do because it's pretty cool yeah. pretty cool to say the least they uh, that was so they, incredibly cool and it's a it's some deep cut to some old lore uh i believe older versions of 40k had scouts uh, able to set up booby traps and stuff on the battlefield and, and do this kind of thing um so I think it's it was really, second really, edition. uh yeah second edition um so it's so. really awesome to see kill team really flesh out uh more of the specific mechanics of you know what is a booby trap actually doing you know what is it what is a triple arm actually doing uh, really, really uh, cool stuff on the Scout Forge scouting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good point because I was just playing 40K yesterday and although it's fun to play, you can't really get into the nitty gritty of stuff. Like they definitely made the rules more um, macro than micro. And I guess that's why I like Kill Team because you have a lot of those micro rules which works since you only have like 10 models running on the board. Yeah, I think I think the uh, 40K is suffering from commercialization. So they are trying to capitalize on getting the most amount of people to play the game as easily and as fast as possible compared to old editions. And I think that that's some of the reasons why uh, Big Hammer is suffering rules-wise. So they tried to oversimplify things. And then uh, with that oversimplification, um, some rules that were too powerful, (laughs) like towering, uh, you know, have to get started, changed started yeah. seeing abuse and stuff like that and obviously whoever was playtesting for uh 40 uh, you know 10th edition however however it it happened like whether it wasn't playtested or it was or it was and then games workshop didn't care like who whatever happened with 10th edition was it was a big big oopsie in my opinion i mean i just got to imagine there's so many more units and it's not like a team like when you're playing eldar you're going through their catalog and there's, I have no idea how they'd be able to balance that compared to everyone else's catalogs, you know, with kill team. Yeah. I right, here's like, here's your 20 guys at most. If that, um, we'll figure out how to balance them, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. excited that kill, kill team is still currently in a really good spot competitively. Yeah. Right? After all this, and not, I don't want to say bloat, but after essentially this, all this expansion and it's still doing well, I still have yeah. a great time playing. I still think there are issues um, when they keep changing some of the teams so drastically and changing things. I don't know how the developmental team came to the fact that Kasserkin needed such a giant buff. Uh, it's still a mystery to me, but uh, the Kasser Kings, I think, are still here to stay. Um, it might be interesting to talk a little bit about how these guys are going to fall into the meta uh, a little bit later, if we have time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, yeah. Do you want to go off with the uh, the archetypes and the operatives, Chris? And see what sure. see what these these scouts can bring. Remember, we're, we we are looking at pictures, but our audience is not. So we'll try to be as descriptive as possible for everyone. Yeah. So scouts are uh, coming in with with archetypes that that may not shock you. Uh, they're they're sporting infiltration and recon. Uh, I always like to see more teams with infiltration. Uh, they seem it's to be such really... a it's such a cool combination. Yeah, we, we haven't see seen one in a while, right? 
Yeah, it's, uh, they, they don't crop up that often. Um, now, one of the problems with it is I think infiltration tends to generally favor teams with, uh, you know, mooks, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some throwaway bodies. And scouts, as they should, don't don't have any throwaway bodies. So it'll be interesting Agreed. to see how they approach infiltration a little differently than others. Um, and, of course, they have the uh, the coveted recon uh, archetype with the uh, the free item points. Uh, so that that's always good to see. And I think scouts are going to be really, really well positioned to score a lot of points off of recon. Uh, they can do that in a variety of ways. Uh, the operative list, they're coming in with, with nine operatives. Uh, the sergeant has a few different options, uh, but most importantly, the uh, the iconic chainsword bolt pistol option. Uh, you can take two two heavy gunners, which I think is really neat in this team. Uh, so you get that same sort of firepower you could get out of the compendium. Uh, snipers in there and a few other specialists. Uh, but then the team will need to have a few uh, warriors as well with a few different loadout options. Um, I have my own opinions on what I what I think will will really make sense for the team, okay. um, which may may disagree with some other people. Um, but yeah, so so nothing really shocking from the operative selection spot. Um, and the one thing I do have to say is I'm a I'm a pretty big lore nerd, um, mm-hmm. and it's a it, the idea that scouts would have the same headcount as Kazakhan is offensive to me. Um, scouts scouts are on their way to become full space marines and are already pretty far along. Uh, I wouldn't have minded if there were eight operatives, <laughs> honestly, um, and have the team work that way. So, so them being nine, I think is is cool. Um, I would have liked more wounds and less operatives, even. Um, but you know, I, I'm over here thinking I'm fine with five man, eight, eighteen wound space marines. So, that's uh, that's my hot take on that front. That's yeah. quite the quite the take. I was actually going for like, man, just make it an even ten. But as we'll get to, they're they're their characteristic characteristics, that's the wrong word. Um, their, the abilities to hit and stuff. I get why nine makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the team would be busted at 10. Um, I get, I get lore wise, but I think, I think they could either like buff each model or they could, I don't know if an additional model would necessarily break the team. I mean, is it going to make them the next Colts? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But, I could definitely see that <clears throat> Kasserkin kind of being better than them is, <laughs> is a little bit of a problem as well. These guys are essentially becoming space marines, and that's what makes them so exciting. Uh, one of them already is. So yes. yes. Oh, really? The sergeant. This the oh. sergeant is is not just a space marine. He's a veteran space marine. Oh shit! Fuck yeah, yeah, man. He's a teacher. He's actually <laughs> my favorite model. Not not model, but he's my favorite. Um, like unit of the scouts like out of all the other scouts like his rules for this particular one which we will get to is my he's my favorite model on the team um overall before we get into the team i want to say like my overall thoughts about the team is i think that this team is going to be a ton of fun like if you're going to a tournament other than like the meme that we say is like bring this team if you want to have fun um, seriously bring this team if you want to have fun. This is going to be like Intercession 2.0 about how fun I think this team will be and, right. and how fun they will function. And they're not bad, you know? So, well, not only are they not bad. So, yeah. so, I think this team has, there's two parts of the magic to scouts. One is the turning point zero play they get to do. Uh, most teams don't really get to play the game during turning point zero, you know, the scouting phase and, and deployment, uh, but scouts do. Um, which is awesome. And then actually, once the game starts, there are no pushover there either. Um, so do, do you want to st- uh, talk about their iconic forward scouting ability first? Um, yes. Which is really the, the trademark of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, so so scouts uh, can basically choose. Uh, I, th- I think it's five uh, forward scouting. Yeah, five forward scouting moves, and there's a few different uh, categories of them. You can double up on doing more recon and infiltrates. Those are just mimics of what you could already do during the scouting phase, which is which is whatever. Um, and then there are some uh, there's some sort of more uh, you know specific items they can do. Um, I think the two that immediately caught my eye when I read through the team's rules, I'm curious what you guys think, are uh, Triple Arm and Booby Trap. And I think the combination of these two uh, forward scouting moves really gives scouts this early game, you know, turning point one presence that few teams can match. Uh, specifically, Triple uh, triple Arm. Uh, so you place this anywhere in the kill zone more than six inches from your opponent's drop zone. Um, when an enemy walks over to it uh, or in, and near uh, two inches of that Triple Arm, uh, the triple arm goes away, but that operative is lit up on engage until mm. that operative's next activation. This gives you like a huge, huge amount of board control turning point one, because guess where these triple arms go? Um, if they're not going on middle objectives, they're going as close as they can toward your opponent's home objectives. Absolutely. And now your opponent has to deal with the fact that, you know, even their, uh, even heavy cover isn't enough to save them. If you can get visibility, and uh, you know potentially ignore obscuring, which the team has multiple ways of doing. You're threatening do anyone in their backfield. Uh, scout, you know, scouts have two different tools to mm-hmm. do it uh, themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think you can discount how powerful triple arm is. Um, and just I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent on this one. Uh, I'm, I've also seen a little bit of feedback online that scouts might not be good against elites. Um, as someone who's played as and against elites a, a lot, the threat of having one of your models get lit up on engage. Um, and you basically don't have a choice is really problematic for elites. Um, yeah. So th- this skews as well as another one of these moves skews pretty hard against elites. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. Um, I think scouts are are doing a lot turning point one because they have this tool. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I definitely think that you have the gist of that. I think that people saying that they're not going to be good into elites. <clears throat> four, four shotguns into elites are not bad. <laughs> Uh, are you going to kill a space marine as fast as like Kasserkin? No, but does this team still going to, you know, slap some elite teams? I think so. And also, like you could designate target. There's a bunch of different things that they can do to be able to help deal with elites. I definitely don't think that's going to be the case. Um, are they elites counter? Also, no. Right? In my opinion. Um, I mean, I just think triple arm in general is a good board control place. So let's say yeah. you don't even put it on objectives. You could just put it on bandages. You don't want somebody to pop up because they're going to decide to be in conceal. Well, now they're not. And now you can take a shot at them. So sniper, it's like a good counter to snipers. Mm-hmm. It's really snipers just are the great weapons, but they're also just an area denial spot. Like you don't want to go out there and get mortal wound three or something, you know? Absolutely. So triple arm is awesome. Probably my favorite one. Um, my favorite one out of this all is actually probably redeploy. It might be a little different for some pre- people, but I think like an elf, right? Um, and I like messing with my opponents. So when you when you when you would take redeploy, which is another one of their their scouting their forward scouting options, is that uh, you can change um, up to one of your operatives that is wholly within your drop zone and or change its order. So when you take this, you can do it five times. Right? Is that? Am I understanding that is, this? That is correct. correct. Yeah. So you can actually deploy your guys like shit in order to have your 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 opponents be like, oh, I'm going to put a couple guys on engage over here and like actually bait somebody. 
and then you do redeploy and then you can change them all to conceal and move them somewhere where you don't want to. So they actually get an advantage when they take defender, right? Because you can kind of b- start baiting other teams and people um, and then able to, to, uh, to, to change everything up against them. Or if you see, if you see somebody that's like messed up one of their, their, you know, deployments or whatever, all of a sudden you can, you know, move your, your missile launcher and put them on engage. And then all of a sudden, like now you might get like a pretty big blast, like on turn one or something. I think that redeploy is going to be, in my opinion, if I was playing this team, probably like a, uh, like a hardcore, like take this every time. Like this will probably be blades of cane. And this team will probably be my new go-tos for teaching players or, or because I um, yeah. So, so talking about you know redeploying that missile launcher and putting on engage, you don't even need to put it on engage. You can redeploy it on conceal, even mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Then do an extra recon infiltrate, move that yep. <laughs> move that Amazing. missile launcher three inches forward, um, and you have a lot more agency turning point one to flip things to engage because your mm-hmm. opponent is so worried about the triple arms you're probably going to put up that they have less ability to go on engage because they're going to be hurt by it more. Um, just a ton of ways of, of really pressing board control early game. Yeah, I think that this team and Inquisition are the two teams that have the most pre-game um, thought processes about how you're going to play the game. Like, I don't think scouts have a lot like during the game. So, like, they're this this thing, anything that you do in this in your forward scouting, you really want to make sure gives you an advantage. Like, you need the advantages to happen early with this team in order for to make them successful. Because they don't do as much in-game as like, you know, Geller Pox or something like that. They don't have any feel no pains or anything like that. This is their this is their their bread and butter. Um and definitely Gee, do you have a oh, go, sorry, go ahead, Chris. Uh, and definitely another honorable mention for uh, another awesome, awesome one. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would take it every game, um, but diversion. Uh, mm-hmm. select the army operative, subtract one from his APL. Mm-hmm. Uh, what this does is shuts down certain teams' alpha strikes. Uh, you know, if we were still in a dynamite meta, you could just slap the knob with that and then minus one APL. Uh, yep. You could also, uh, you know, do the, for example, a Pathfinder Grenadier. If anyone mm-hmm. ran Pathfinders, uh, you know, you could do that if, if anyone ever took that team uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, and, and you can also actually do some <laughs> even funkier stuff with it. If you're fighting against, for example, Hyrotech, and you're really concerned about that death mark popping out of um, dimensional concealment and doing some sort of mission action, um, you could also just slap that bad boy with uh, minus one from APL as well. Um, so you uh, you have a ton of different ways you can influence the the early game state with uh, diversion. Uh, the the operative does not need to be on the board. Absolutely, I think I also think that <clears throat> it's great in a vet guard by giving them uh, minus one on the demo. So it's practically it's literally impossible to use the demo man turn one so you can really threaten of course the demo man could just go to turn two but that's another good model to or you can also do um it's even good against space marines you know like they can't get a double shot off or or can't get like a move dash grenade or something like that it's diversion is going to be pretty good yeah into elites just making them regular i don't know if i want to run a team of like regular guys at six you know that's pretty yeah. good yeah so to clarify diversion is just for the first turning point because whenever right. you 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 generate apl um is at the beginning of your turn it's like mana so like 
if anyone plays Magic the Gathering, whenever a model activates, they 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 get two of their mana flipped up, right? So this is just basically making it one mana for your models to use. Yeah, um, I, I think diversion is definitely going to be better against uh, GA or uh, the APL two models and APL three models because agreed. APL three models can still do enough turning point one, um, and then of course they they snap back to it uh, turning point uh, two. So yeah, definitely the play is, is shutting down certain alpha strikes or on boards where your opponent, for example, uh, you know, they recon dash somebody up with the intent to, uh, you know, get them uh, doing a uh, mission action on one of these central uh, objective markers. You can make it so that there's no way that operative can now uh, reach that marker. Um, really, really strong. Good on in the dark too to, to shut down, uh, effectively stop people from getting through doors as quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of really, really cool tech here. Absolutely. Uh, on into the dark uh, against Vetguard, slap it onto the uh, the uh, against them onto the confidant because then the confidant and the um, demo man can't do their their super spicy double team. It's pretty yep. good. I like it. Um, so going over the, all of them, and then we'll go through the five that we take in most situations. So redeploy. We just went through that. Uh, recon is, uh, you're allowed to resolve two, uh, is it two recon actions or just, you're, you're allowed to pick recon twice, right? So you have okay. five choices and the number in brackets is how many times you can choose that choice. So, uh, oh, if yes. a oh, recon dash, for yes. example, uh, you could do three total recon dashes, but yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that changes your opinion on redeploy. Uh, mm. each time you pick redeploy, it's only one operative. You can just do it up to five times, which is pretty good. It's more than half. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad, but yeah. See, it's I've not... read this wrong three times. Oh, okay, really? So the first time I read it, I thought that you only got like five points, right? So you could pick each one of these things up to five. And I was like, well, it doesn't sound like you're going to get five CP. Okay, let me reread it. Okay. And then I read it as, um, and then I read it as like, each time you choose one of these, you can choose five. Um, you get it this many times. So infiltrate, you would get it two times. Then you could choose like a recon, you'd get it two times. It makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> yes, so that's the cost and you get $5. So you could get two triple arms, one booby uh, trap. Um, that's going to be my, that might be my favorite one because it has booby in it. Um, so, okay, so we have, let's go back. We have redeploy, which you can take an operative. And then flip it. It's still really good because you can still take it up to five times if you want to really bait somebody. Uh, recon, you can take it twice and you'll, it allows you to um, do recon twice, uh, up to, to once, and then if you take it again another time. Uh, infiltrate as well. Then you have triple arm, booby trap, diversion, which is minus one, device plan, which is plus one CP. Every, that's probably a must on everyone. And then designate target uh, means that um, you select one guy and each time a friendly uh, scout operative fights or makes a shooting attack against them, you get a re-roll uh, one of your dice or your shooting yeah, attacks. You, you get attacks. balanced against one enemy operative the entire game. Very uh, good. This is definitely to pick against elites. Uh, if they got more Take than six bodies, you're probably not, uh, you're not taking this against, uh, you know, nine or 10 model teams, but, uh, but against a, a six model team, th- this one definitely I think is useful. And again, really mm-hmm. helps push the needle a little bit against elites in general. So if you guys had to take a general five, a five general ones in what would your five be? 
Am I going up against elites or just uh, regular 10 or more guys? Generality. Just could be anything. Obviously, some of them might change depending on who you're fighting, but you know, yeah. Yeah, we're going with triple arm. We're going to booby trap. We're for the generalist. We're going to get device plan. We may as well get one CP if I don't know what I'm doing there. And I'd probably take a redeploy and an extra infiltrate. Okay. How about you? How about you, Chris? I think as far as like the the auto takes, it's hard for me to ever look at this and not take two triple arms and a booby trap. Uh, so I think yeah. that's three points that are spoken for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think devise plan is good, uh, so I'd probably also go for that. Although I don't think it's necessarily an auto take. Um, and then depending on who you're fighting, diversion designated target or some of the recon infiltrate options are, are solid. I've tended to be pretty down on redeploy stuff because I've always felt that well, why not just deploy there in the first place? And and these bait moves, I, I always get a little nervous about somebody not taking the bait, uh, mm-hmm. and then it sort of becomes wasted. So uh, that's definitely where where my heart is on these. So <clears throat> the reason why I like the redeploy is specifically um, you can put your missile launcher somewhere somewhere, and then you can be like okay, he didn't set up anywhere here, so he's never going to get a shot. I'm going to just put him over here now. Exactly. And then get a, and then do the free fly dash and get him up on top of something like, or something like that. So like for me, I'd probably always take one redeploy um, just because like I am actively looking to, to surprise my opponent turn one. And then I would probably take, again, I would also take two triple arms, a booby trap, and then I'd probably take devise plan um or if i was going into any of the teams that i mentioned before i would probably take diversion uh to give somebody minus one apl um especially into like pathfinders or something like that so i don't want to get turn one alpha struck as much as any no one else does either <laughs> yeah a- awesome. absolutely uh a See, diversion and a booby trap in the way of of a, a you know grenadier pathfinder can can shut down a few different avenues of, of an alpha yeah, I think I think there's something that's super exciting about this whole thing, right? Is all three of us chose something different. And that just shows how fun this team is going to be because everyone's going to play them differently. Everyone's going to th- think about them differently. Everyone can think we're fucking stupid and take just, you know, uh, just two recon, two infiltrate and like a designate. I don't know. Like, who knows? It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun to see how this team develops. I feel like this is a this ability is something. Well, as we were talking about it, I was thinking, man, Wormblade would really benefit from having these abilities. <laughs> Just like, you know, maybe this is what Wormblade was supposed to be, and now it's Scouts. Yeah, which yeah. they both kind of work. They both kind of have like they're not the exact same unit. You know, one's more of an ambush, the other mm-hmm. one's uh, they're scouting, but they kind of fit together in the same. I would definitely set. think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a small little tangent. Anyways, that was the forward scouting moves. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to their TAC Ops. Heck yeah. Chris, do you want us to take away on the TAC Ops? Uh, sure. Uh, so the, the faction TAC Ops for scouts, we got uh, the the three as, as is tradition. Uh, the first one is Sudden Strike. Uh, at the end of the first turning point, if more enemy operatives than friendlies were incapacitated, you score a victory point. And um, if you do it again or any subsequent turning points, you score another VP. Uh, operatives of 12 or more wounds are treated as two operatives for this tack op. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, gam- you know, banking and gambling a lot on getting turning point one kills can be pretty dicey mm-hmm. um, at, at high mm-hmm. levels of play. 
uh, people can get pretty cagey during turning point one. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. you can use this tack up to set yourself up for a situation where you're going to go ahead on primary or you're going to get points on this, you know, especially because you got tripwires. Uh, I yeah. think this isn't a bad tack up. I, I think this this team specifically has mechanics to give it play. I think I think so as well. I think sudden strike is a really it benefits for coming in with a really good plan. I would think that this would also be good with like security, just because like like you would play it as so like you come into the game with a plan, right? Of like this is how I'm going to to do this. I'm going to use all these tricks in order to try and kill as many po- operatives as I can. Turn one, uh, very fascinating. Yep. Then, then next we got from all angles. Uh, this this harkens back to some uh, old table quarter stuff uh, that I remember from old versions of 40k. Mm-hmm. Uh, reveal this talk up. The target reveal step of any turning point. Uh, once you do so, divide the table into four quarters by drawing imaginary straight lines a millimeter wide that run from the center of each kills on edge to the center of the opposite. Uh, so basically, what you're doing here is you want to have uh, th- uh, three scouts, uh, one in each quadrant, uh, deal damage to uh, enemies. Um, you know, somewhere on the board and score victory points for that. So you're basically doing damage while you spread out. Uh, I think this one's interesting. Uh, I don't love, you know, necessarily having to put people in certain places, mm-hmm. um, but it's also not terribly restrictive to just be in three different quadrants doing damage. So yeah, I think this is a decent way to, to score some VPs off of it. Um, I'm not sure in practice how restrictive it's going to feel to have to be in different table quadrants. Um, particularly, I would suspect an end of the dark might get kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's also difficult to score something from some of your back ones. Like it might be easy enough to charge somebody in a different thing, in a different like you know. I mean, this might be good into something like Felgor, right? Like where they're going to be coming to you, and you're gonna you can fight them in a bunch of different ones. But uh, it seems like it might be hard and easy <laughs> to score. Uh, very interesting to say the least. It's one of my, mo- the most interesting ones I've seen come out of GW in a while. I mean it uh, as well from all angles. Like I know you have to do damage to something, but it also kind of works with, uh, what's that other recon tech op that a lot of people take. The one where you have to control the edges of the board. Outflank. Oh, yeah. Outflank. outflank yeah. yeah. It's kind of has some good synergy with outflank. Um, and you can definitely set the board up in a way with forward scouting where you can make that happen mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then finally, yeah, what what I think might be the best one of the bunch is gather reconnaissance. Um, if somebody does the gather reconnaissance action, you get a victory point, and if they survive the end of the game, um, you get another victory point. Uh, they can provide uh, scouts can do the mesh, uh, mission action, gather reconnaissance for an action point. Uh, they have to be within six inches of your opponent's drop zone and not within engagement range of an enemy operative. That is hmm. all they have to be. Um, I think this is the move personally with scouts. Uh, you simply take this, and all you need to do is have some dork survive near the end of the game, and then just walk forward a little bit, do do the action, score you two VPs, game's over. Um, and yet synergy, absolutely the move uh, has synergy infiltrate. And the thing is, this doesn't really need you to go out of out of your way um, early on, and in fact, heavily incentivizes you to wait because all mm-hmm. you need to do is just do an action and live to the end of the game. Yeah, use your use your. Uh, could be the last grapnel, turn play. Could, could be your there. last activation. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this one. I think it's definitely cool. Obviously, it's going to suck if you get wiped, you know, or get close to getting wiped. It might be it might be difficult. You got nine models. Good luck. I I think that this is probably their 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 easiest one to score from their tac ops, and I think that this will see more competitive 
play than the other two for sure. Unless if you come in obviously with a very strict idea of how you want to play the team for the other two. This one seems a little bit more free flow. Yeah, I think the only time you're not going to take Gatherer Constance is this, if you're fighting at something like Felgor Gellerpox, where yeah. you're you're going to get sort of drowned. Models are going to press you, and you you have you think there's a high likelihood you'll end up, you know, potentially getting tabled by the end of the game, and you want to rack up the points a different way. Do you yeah. think in that in that matchup, from all angles, would be the better option or sudden strike? Uh, then I'm I'm definitely thinking from all angles, uh, sudden strike could be hairy, you know, depending on what the board looks like. Uh, yeah, it just depends. It really depends what the board looks like. Yeah, I think gotcha. sudden strike, sudden strikes, going to be hard to score against good players. Like when I've when I battled um, Orion specifically, I name Orion in this because every time I've seen him play, I don't think I've really ever seen him misposition um, in the very first turning point to let anyone shoot any of his models in the backfield. Like he has an amazing deployment, right? And I think that some yeah. of the higher level players that you play against just will just deploy flawlessly each time. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I don't really love that one. Now you might say, well, well, guys, you you completely forgot about that awesome, awesome tripwire that flips somebody to engage. And and mm-hmm. with that, of course, you can do sudden strike, right? Well, maybe. But you also have to remember that really good players like Orion, uh, who might be running really good teams like Gatherpox, might have operatives that don't care if you try to flip them to engage because glitchlings can just kind of scoot under the tripwire and they have super mm-hmm. conceal. So that, <laughs> yep. that tripwire uh, well, is actually helping because they just yeah they just shimmy under it. They do the do the little uh, conga line thing, uh, move right under it, and then you actually you're still at square zero. Um, so yeah. sudden strike uh, risky if you can't make it work. Uh, of course, if you can make it work, getting points for killing things is always an awesome combo. Absolutely. Yep. Play the game. Yeah, I think I think that the TAC Ops are all very interesting, and I think that you know all of them probably have some sort of play in one way or another, unlike other teams, right? Some other teams just have awful TAC Ops. And there's like one or two, yeah, you just take like the one they always have, I get you. Yeah. Like Corsairs were like that for a long time. You just don't take any other fashion tactics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think overall I can I can see all of these being used. None of them stand out to me as just a complete uh, you know, loser. Yeah. And none of them are like uh the crutes uh balance the books, you know, you just take it every time because you know yeah. you can max it. Like I think gather reconnaissance, if we had to pick something close to it, is the one that is the one I'd probably take all the time. Cause again, it could be the last turn, I reveal it. All right, that's the guy you already weren't gonna kill anyways. Cool, I got it. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to strategic ploys, um, strategies, strategies, uh, I'll go through the strategic ploys and G you can want to go through tactical ploys. I'll go through tech. So they have, they have uh, four strategic ploys, right? Um, they have gorilla engagement, which costs one until the end of the turning point. Each time a shooting tack is made against a friendly scout squad operative that's in cover and no more than six inches from enemy operatives. In the roll defense dice step of that shooting attack, you can re-roll one of your defense dice. Oh, it's and more than six inches. So if they are hiding and in cover, they get to re-roll one defense dice. That's okay. It's decent. Good for turning point one. Guerrilla warfare, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Not bad at uh, all. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see this ever getting played. I think you might, as well not have, <laughs> you might as well not have this one. 
Uh, it's mean, more flavor than anything else. It, it doesn't I, even have the decency like some of the other useless ones to give you like a better armor save and cover. Uh, this one just lets you re-roll or, one of them. Or auto-retain an extra one like orcs. It's like, yeah. I think I think Vetguard have something similar, I believe, and I've never taken it. Yeah. So and, and this one I think is 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 equivalently worse than the Vetguard version. <laughs> I agree, because uh, it has a range. Yeah, you, you might as well just just take this off the list. Luckily, yeah. uh, the rest of the strat ploys I think do have some do have some juice to them. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So gunfire ambush also one CP until the end of the turning point. Each time a friendly scout squad operative makes a shooting attack in an activation in which its order was changed from conceal to engage in the roll attack dice step of that shooting attack, you can re-roll one of your attack dice. Uh, if it's if the target isn't ready, then you can re-roll any or all of your attack dice results. Uh, so it's, it's basically the the worm blade. Uh, it's literally just worm blade. Um, <laughs> I mean, lit- that's literally what. It, am I wrong? No, that's why I was saying this team kind of feels like you'd be playing worm blade. So this is amazing for that one uh, thing on. Uh, you know what? What was it called? The, the, we, the last one we just had it up. The deploy or the? No, hold on. I gotta see what. So sudden strike when you have to kill something turn one. So let's say you took a flip, and you took it three times. So you could just flip three of your guys on turn one, and if you were able to get some shots off, you could just re-roll all of your attack dices of two. You know, like with a the heavy bolter, the sniper, and let's say the, the missile launcher, you could easily score it with gunfire ambush, quite possibly. Again, requires you to have a game plan going into the game. Um, I assume that blade ambush is the same. Correct. But, yeah. uh, oh no, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks the exact same. So, uh, blade ambush is a seat one for one CP. And essentially, if you flip from conceal to engage uh, in when you're fighting, um, if the target isn't ready, the friendly operatives also gain the rending critical hit rule for that combat and you get a reroll any results that you don't like. So it could be ones, it could be twos. Do they hit on threes? I guess we'll find out. <clears throat> so, so yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. I like that you automatically get, you know, rending, which is cool. Like it's, it's a great strat ploy for turn two and turning point three, especially if you, if you hold back for, um, you know, the, the, uh, gather reconnaissance later in the game, you know? Um, and then we have stealthy relocation, which also costs one CP, uh, select one friendly scout operative that is more than six inches from an enemy operative. And you can immediately perform a free dash action with that operative and, or change its order. You cannot use this strategic ploy in the first turning point. So that's a great thing mixed with gunfire or blade in turning point two. It seems like they were worried that sudden strike would be too powerful. If you were allowed to take stealth relocation, almost like making, um, the better version of worm blade, uh, turning point one. Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, that makes sense. That's, that's pretty standard. Casterkin can't do their, um, their redeploy thing either that first turn. Cause that's too good. If you could just make, yeah, I, I think that's the, the big part of that is the dash. Cause you, you wouldn't really, I, I don't think you'd get too much mileage out of the order change from self relocation. It wouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be nice, but really what you would want for that is the dash. So not, not allowing that first turning point, I think super reasonable restriction. 
Yeah. Uh, not, not too, uh, not too concerned about that one. Uh, this really helps you basically double dip, you know, get, get a nice ambush off turn one, um, mm-hmm. have a key operative flip back to conceal that your opponent may have been banking on being able to retaliate against, mm-hmm. uh, and then do it again. Yeah. I think it's really good. Uh, fun fact for blade ambush. If someone charges you and you're in conceal, you can then blade ambush them on your turn by switching to engage. Oh yeah. You don't have to charge. You just have to switch from conceal to engage. I like that. Yeah, I like that. just a yeah. fun little fact there. You didn't think I had a knife. <laughs> I have a knife. Right, it's in his boot or something. Oh, no. <laughs> um, tact plays? Tactical yeah. plays? Here we go. Tactical All right. Um, these ones are these ones are fun. They're, they're fun. I like their flavor more than anything else. So to start it off, you got a Stardis training. Scouts are training to become Stardis, to get their Black Carapace, to become Space Marines. Mm-hmm. One CP... You use this tactical ploy during a friendly scout squad operative's activation. And until the end of its activation, the operative can either perform two fight actions or two shoot actions. But specifically, because they're Astartes, it's got to be done with the Astartes shotgun, bolt pistol, bolter, or heavy bolter. Because that's what Astartes use. It's their blessed weapons. Mm-hmm. And Astartes shotgun gets lucky because it has Astartes in its name. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is awesome. You know, double shoot. It's cool. Uh, but it's very specific um for one guy so you know that's different from normal space marine stuff where you get it for the team which is usually strategic play Mm -hmm. Uh, which makes sense because they're training so they're not fully there which is going to kind of lead off to the next flavor point here raw physiology it's no longer transhuman physiology because they're not quite there yet they're getting close raw physiology one cp uh use this tech ploy during a friendly scout squad operatives activation and until the start of the next activation, that operative isn't injured, and you can ignore any or all modifiers to its APL. So, you know, it's a lesser version of them because they're not fully there yet. It's awesome. And this next one, Emboldened Aspirant, also for 1CP. You use this strategic, uh, this tactical play after rolling dice in the roll attack dice step of a fight or a shoot action made by a friendly scout squad operative. If it's the first friendly operative to do it either during this turning point or if the target had more wounds remaining than that friendly scout operative at the start of the step, you can retain one successful normal hit as a critical hit instead, which makes sense. You're aspiring to be the first one to shoot or you're aspiring to take down the the giant, you know, to become a Mm -hmm. space Marine again, flavorful. I don't know if I would probably be using this all the time because it has a little bit more restrictions, but I'm sure there's better players than I am who will figure it out. uh, The one thing that I would mention here is uh, it's the f- uh, first friendly operative to do either of these actions during the turning point, um, but it's not the first action during the turning point. So mm. keep in mind, you could theoretically have, uh, oh, I don't know, a heavy bolter activate, pop a Stardust training to shoot twice, and then also use Embolden Aspirant. Mm-hmm. And you could also gunfire ambush, so you get to reroll all your results of something. Yeah, so if you were trying to take down, for example, multiple intercessors, mm-hmm. uh, a heavy bolter could do some serious work. It's a little bit of an investment, but I mean, it'd be really cool. There's, yeah, you see, someone figured it out what to do, and that's that's the cool thing about that. And then you have covert You're position, basically, yeah, automatic uh-huh. P one on that on that heavy bolter, right? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and how many good. how many command points was that? That was two command. That would points? be three two? total three if you points? did if you did it's gunfire. Stardis and Bolden. Oh yeah, you're right. The third, oh, the yeah. third command point you would have been spending anyway, I think, because gunfire ambush, you know, you're 
you're taking that for your whole team. I don't think that's a bad investment there. Yeah, you that's true. Yeah, two, two CP for this, you know, but if you, if you win that first activation, you got a good chance to use it. Two CP to bring down two intercessors, probably a, probably a good deal. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that it's is incredible. Pretty likely to score one, you know, one kill for sure, and maybe a second. See, and then you took uh, you took that sudden sudden strike, and there you go. <laughs> 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 um, it only cost you three CP, but you did it. Um, so then we go to covert position. So it's one CP. Use this tactical ploy during a friendly scout squad operative's activation. Until the start of its next activation, while that operative has a conceal order, it's always treaters having conceal order. You're going to notice this between these two teams. Uh, super conceal is a thing. Yeah, super conceal. You know, if you have wait, it, what if it has good. a conceal order? It's always treaters. Oh, so you can just wait. What? Yeah, it has super conceal. Until the end of its next activation, while the operative has a conceal order, it's always treaters having a conceal order. <clears throat> yeah okay yeah so yeah, it's you just good if you need to move a scout onto a vantage point uh in the center of the table you know or sorry uh below uh so, you know behind a barricade in the center of the table uh your opponent has a nice vantage point or a vet guard spotter uh this is a good way to say nope don't care i'm still concealed yep. yeah i think just it's interesting uh i i think you're not going to see it very often um just because the practical ramifications of when you actually need this aren't super likely so cost you command point, but it's really nice to have this in the toolkit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like covert position. I think getting super concealed, not maybe on army wide, but maybe like one guy every now and then, not that bad. The thing that I'm really enjoying about this team so far is the amount of synergy within the team. They have a lot of really good synergy and simple rules that anyone can really pick up. And I think I think that's a good thing for um, Games Workshop to keep leaning into is to have Space Marines be decently simple. Don't phobosify them. Yeah, maybe you start with Intercession and then you go second game, play Scouts, because now there's a little more rules that are, you know, you kind of learned it. Now try these extra fun rules. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll get into a couple of these, uh, these uh, the main operatives. I'll start off with the, the Scout Sergeant. And one of you guys can pick the next one. So you automatically get this guy who is, we just said, is a, uh, a space marine, a full space marine already, leading his uh, his younger brother into combat. Um, <clears throat> they can get a starty shotgun, a bolt. I mean, the chainsword is probably the way to go with this guy because you get five attacks hitting on twos, four or five damage. He's kind of like your biggest melee threat of the whole team. Um, yeah, he can I, mess up intercessors. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty decently. Um, and, uh, you know, the best thing about this guy is that he has a, an ability called Guidance and Experience. Each time this operative is activated, you select one other friendly scout squad operative visible to it and add one to the operative's APL. So the fascinating thing is that everyone else on the team has two APL. This guy has three. And he can just say, like, yo, Heavy Bolter, you get three. Or... Yo, uh, scout hunter, you know, you get, you have three now. So he's like a comms guy and a leader at the same time who is a badass. So a uh, big fan of this guy. Um, who wants to go next? I don't know. 
I, I guess I'll jump in next. Uh, and, and one one minor point there is that you know mentioning using that chain sword to bully an inter- intercessor in melee. One thing you truly cannot look over on these data sheets is that the base wound characteristic of these guys is ten. Um, yep. So that means that any combat that they're in, these guys are tanks. Right? Mm-hmm. Think of how it feels when you're when you're staring down a commando. Even after just a scratch is gone, those guys have ten wounds you still have to chew through. All these guys are like that. So yeah. uh, keep that in mind when you're thinking about you know how strong the team is and how well they can handle elites. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into the heavy gunner. Uh, this is not anything groundbreaking. Um, they do come stock with a bolt pistol, which is neat uh, because either heavy weapon option is going to be he- heavy, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the heavy bolter is a heavy bolter. We talked about it before. Uh, and then the missile launcher gives you that sweet, sweet long range blast option, as well as a crack grenade for the little bit of uh, armor piercing spice. Uh, yeah, you know, you have both. You don't need to pick and choose which one you're taking. You're going to bring both. Uh, the heavy is a restriction you do need to work around. So scouts need to be a little bit more clever than maybe legionaries do because you can take suspensor system for legionaries. Uh, because you don't have that option here for scouts, you're going to need to make a little bit better use of your recon dashes. Little, you do a little bit of pre-positioning a little bit better and use other parts of your toolkit to help uh, extend the threat of these heavy weapons. That was something I noticed straight away because I thought like, all right, they got heavy, probably suspensor system. Nothing in the equipment for that. It was, they have something else, but like, yeah, you make a good point. You know, people playing around heavy, we're so used to legionaries, are probably the people using it the most, who have suspensor systems to be like, I can move six and be okay. So this is a this is an interesting way to have to play them Absolutely. For, for elite players. Because I, I like to think elite players are probably going to be attracted to trying these sort of elite teams, at least Space Marines, because it plays very similar. Mm-hmm. Similar, but not at the same time, because infiltration and recon are something I'm not used to with elite teams. I would call these teams normal. We have yeah, at least like we have a normal team, and then we have horde. Right? Yep. That seems that seems good to me. Yeah. No other weird weird things we're going to call this team. E lights dead. E lights are dead. Norm. <laughs> these teams just normal. Um. Uh. I want to pick one. I'm going to pick my favorite, the oh. warrior. Like the standard dude, yeah, because you have to take three in the team, All right? <laughs> yeah, All right. Um, I would probably take two shotguns and a bolt gun, honestly. Interesting. Okay. Oh, sorry, not a not a bolt gun, a combat blade, and a combat blade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's the warrior. You got to take just, three. So you're you're you said two bolt guns and a and a, a two shotguns combat. and a combat blade. So you're you're interested in wanting them to get close. Yep. These oh, are these are guys I'm going to because I think the whole team in general is going to want to be moving forward. So having the shotgun for four, four hitting on twos, you're going to mm-hmm. close that gap. It's like, you know, you play breachers. Yeah, um, you play cops. If you're playing those two teams, you're already used to going forward with that many number of guys already with mm-hmm. a, two APL. So, you know, y- you may as well take the stuff you're used to and it's even better. So I think this these guys definitely have the most flexibility and in, into whether you're playing on open, whether you're playing on into the dark or, and into what team you're playing. I think that this is going to be your biggest flex because you might take all shotguns on into the dark. You might take all open, uh, bolt guns. If you're going into something that you don't want to be in close combat with, or you might take all combat blades or some shit. If you want to do something else interesting. Um, what do you think, Chris? I know you said at the top of this that you had, uh, interesting thoughts on these guys. 
Yeah, my my hot take is I love bolt guns. I hate having the range restriction on a team that really mm-hmm. wants to be able to surgically uh, pick out targets of opportunity. Um, and I really foresee myself uh, running bolt guns a fair amount more than uh, just always defaulting to shotguns and, and the pistol blade. And that said, I think you, you both hit the nail on the head here where this operative is so flexible um, with different ways of playing it. And even if you go, for example, the bolt gun option, right, trying to specialize in range, you still have 10 wounds of meat and fists that hit for three, four. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so like, even if you're going to specialize in range, you're still a tank in melee. And even if you specialize in melee, you've still got that nice three, four pistol with some rerolls as options or the ability to shoot it twice. Hyper, hyper flexible, depending on what you need these guys to be doing. Absolutely. Yeah, the humble warrior might might go in the top three of best warriors and teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, well, well, I, well, we'll see in a moment. We, we, we'll get to there. That is true. <laughs> um, I'll go with the uh, the hunter next. Uh, this one is my second favorite, specifically because he is just a baby reaver. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to call him little baby reaver, you know. Uh, but he has a grapnel launcher um, and he's, you know, he has climbing equipment. So it makes him you know, a lot better at, you know, climbing and on into the, uh, on open boards and stuff like that. <clears throat> he gets it for free. Uh, and then he's able to perform a free charge action with this operative. Uh, if during the action, the operative climbs, drops, jumps, traverses, or its base moves under a vantage, uh, as, uh, it's melee weapon gains the lethal three special rule until the end of its activation. So I guess you could charge, under a vantage point, like into like a bastion or a, uh, you know, an Octarius building or something like that. And you automatically get, you know, lethal three. Um, yeah, he's which, doing some Tarzan shit right there. <laughs> yeah, homie, he's, he's fucking coming in and he gets, uh, in, you know, lethal three on a three, five weapon is <laughs> really nuts. I mean, so when you hit, you can do criticals when you yeah. hit, you can do criticals. No, you only do criticals. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's you're good. just like hit this dude, this dude like specialized in a ganger hive and he just like, he's just great at shanking people in the throat, you know? Um, that's that's what he does and he's you know he comes out from underneath things or on top of things uh, he's he's a he's a, a spicy guy a spicy guy for sure so yeah d- just just how spicy that is is that he has a decent shot of if he charges an assault intercessor he can potentially pick up the assault intercessor which is um, insane and then yeah. he can fight twice yes with the, with the cp yes yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Now, you got to get a little lucky for that to happen, but you don't need to get that lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. I like it. Fun, fun, fun guy. He's a mushroom now. Yeah, yeah, it's super exciting. Uh, that's that's my favorite offer. Now we have the sniper, the, the tracker, and I think that's it, right? Yep. All right. Which one do you want, Boggy? Which one are you all going right, after? Well, I, I want the tracker. Oh, um, all right. Really, Ooh, really, okay. really cool stuff here. So, so first off, trackers locked to only having the bolt gun. I'm fine with that. I love me some, some long range bolts. Uh, so, uh, no problems, uh, for me on that front. Uh, so two things, the scout trackers bring in the table, two unique actions. Uh, the first one I'll go with one that's a little more familiar is the aspect scan. 
Uh, it's the same version uh, as the intercession aspects. Uh, you pick an enemy, they're not obscured. They cannot retain uh, defense dice as a result of cover. Uh, do note that this is a really funky interaction with our recruit friends, uh, which means they still don't get defense dice because it doesn't actually grant no cover. It just says they can't retain defense dice from cover. Mm -hmm. um, so it's still going to bypass rogue. Uh, to really sort of kneecap the powerhouse that is Kroot. Uh, you know, huge problems, those guys. Um, and then otherwise gives you that nice piece of, <laughs> piece of anti-obscuring tech, um, which synergizes really well with the team uh, being able to plop on vantage points, getting, you know, full uh, survey of the battlefield. And then you see somebody that you have visibility on, you plop them with the aspects, and you're good to go. Um, so it's a really, really uh, powerful ability, especially with a team that has nine activations here, uh, unlike Intercession, which only has six. Uh, the other one is track enemy. I think this one's going to be a little harder um, in in practice uh, to to use. Um, but you select an enemy who is uh, hidden uh, on a concealed order and visible within six. Then you select a friendly scout until the uh, end of the turning point. That friendly scout treats him as if they had an engage order. Uh, you know, still still useful. Uh, I'm struggling to think of of when I would you know use this in practice compared to aspect scan. Um, but it's still really really nice to have to use. I like this guy because he gets, like you just mentioned, both those abilities. Where in other teams, they have these abilities, but they're on separate guys. I, I think of Phobos, really, mainly. Because um, they don't have as good of an aspect skin, which always upsets me. Mm -hmm. And this guy has better both things. And it's in one guy. It's just nicer. Though, the trade-off is, if he dies, you lose him. You lose both. But I'd, yep. I'd rather have it in one guy, honestly. Yep. And, uh, you know, one, one other thing is that, you know, this really helps give more of a pressing threat turn one. Uh, you already may have had your two tripwires. Uh, you could theoretically have recon dash this guy forward, then use your leader to give him uh, plus one APL. Then he activates, he move dashes and he does track enemy. Right. And that, that's your third uh, engage order you're flipping on your on your opponent. That's wild. Yeah, this guy's this guy's sick and I love the camo cloak. You know, and you got to take him. Well, and actually, yeah. the camo cloak is, is on the next. Yeah, the camo cloak is on our, our sniper our, friend. But uh, yeah, what operative should we talk about next, Dakota? The, uh, so the sniper. sniper. <laughs> That's all we have left. I was too excited. I was like, you no, were. You you're were. so excited. You should talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Sniper. I love me snipers. Snipers are a really cool operative. I love them. And this team um, is uh, anti-sniper, so that's fun. Yeah. Well, the fact that they also get a camo cloak. I mean. He's not the best sniper in the game. No, he's just ab not. absolutely not. But he's not. He's, he's he's a good sniper though. But if you give him like all of the the equipment and all that kind of stuff, he becomes possibly one of the better snipers, or if not the best. So, um, you know, he gets a camel cloak. So if he's in cover and somebody can see him, he auto retains two, which is nice, especially since he's a four up save. Um, he has an advanced scope for one AP. Uh, you can ignore obscured. Um, which is, you know, fucking good. Now they have two operatives that can ignore obscured. And don't they have like a thing that also does it too? that fucking trip alarm. So this team is just like, Hey, I don't give a fuck if you're obscured. Um, awesome. So just the sniper rifle does, hits on twos, three, three damage, heavy, silent, mortal wounds three. I think the thing that makes him not be the best sniper in the game is the fact that it is heavy. And there's other snipers like the vet guard sniper and a few others that, the blooded don't one. have that the blooded one that don't have the heavy restriction. Another good thing about the blooded one is that you can shoot into other people's close combat with the CP. So like there is just like some other just 
better. Well, well let's not forget there. that the blooded sniper also hits on threes and is only more to wound one. So let's let's. I, I think we we might be exaggerating the blooded sniper a little bit. Um, yeah, but it is I mean, certainly no. It is certainly no vet guard sniper. That's for sure. Yeah, I definitely think vet guard sniper is one of the best because you can use them like a plasma if you're going into Geller Pox. <laughs> Vedgard sniper is the best. Uh, yep. the, the honorable mention would be the Kazakhan sniper uh, because elite yeah. points can proc the mortal wounds so hard. Mm-hmm. But the Kazakhan sniper loses a lot if he flips to engage, um, and all the um, all the Vetguard sniper loses if he flips to engage is the conceal order. So, uh, and then third <laughs> third best would be Justinian, I think. Yeah, I would say I would say the Astartes bolt rifle Just- sniper rifle is the best, or for, for that type. Yeah, he's um, so. Of the Justian Timberlake team, who is that? Is that is that Lance? Would the want to say it's Lance? Lance, Ooh. he'd be Lance. Well, let's see. There's only five members of uh, of Insync, yeah, so yeah. So there's seven models. So we have to decide that. That'll him. One of them could be Britney Spears, right? There we go. We'll put it on our Patreon. We'll make that happen. We'll make yeah. that. We'll decide who the seven characters are in real life. No, but I like I like that sniper. It has three options. You're right. The vet guard still doesn't lose anything for going to engage. Uh, which is nicer, but mm-hmm. I generally think once you have a sniper placed somewhere, that's where they're going to live. Yeah. So moving to the, the equipment for this team, um, they actually have some really good equipment, in my opinion. Uh, I'll just name them off and then we'll go through each one uh, separately. But they have climbing equipment, which is just one of the best things in the game, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, teams with that on open are just innately better in open, in my opinion, especially with certain models. You have camo cloak. Uh, you have extra blade. We have the heavy weapon bipod. Targeting ocular, which you're only allowed to take one. We have smoke grenades, frag grenades, and crack grenades. Um, what is your guys' favorite? I like extra blade balanced is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, you know, actually I'm lying. It's heavy. It's heavy weapon bipod. Okay. Yeah. Tell us why. Uh, because it's not suspensor system, but it's something else for your heavy weapons. And I think that's pretty cool. And to have, um, the, the whole thing. So it's the, it's the re it's the reroll one number of any kind rule. Mm -hmm. I'll just read it. Heavy weapon bipod. Each time this operative makes a shooting attack with this weapon in the roll attack dice step of that shooting attack, if the operative has not moved during that activation, you can reroll any or all of your attack dice results of one type of result. Now, Chris, let me ask you a question. Uh, Chris is our, is our rules expert, even, even more than me. Um, Chris, if you took the, uh, the worm blade special thing on this team uh, where you get to re- re-roll any of one particular dice number and you have the heavy weapon bipod with um, with uh, you know let's say the heavy bolter right could you re-roll all of your twos and all of your ones I do believe you can and uh, in fact, it's funny you bring that up because this team actually has that a uh, ploy <laughs> called gunfire ambush uh, mm-hmm. And combined with the heavy weapon bipod means you can very much set up situations where your your heavy weapons are relentless, uh, effectively, uh, among potentially other things yeah. um, with being able to do more criticals. Uh, you know, th- this can get real spicy with, for example, a frag missile, uh, you know, that you sneak somewhere where it shouldn't be early in the game uh, using that heavy weapon bipod and uh, gunfire ambush to do even more damage. Uh, really, really cool combinations of stuff here. Absolutely. And this is just the first day looking at the team. There might be more crazy shit we don't even know about yet. 
Yeah, um, I need I need I need even more coffee. I can't wait to pour over these rules more. <laughs> um, yeah, so heavy weapon bipod, uh, awesome. As you said, climbing equipment. Uh, it's just so powerful. Uh, it, just, it it makes climbing easier. It makes dropping easier. Uh, really, really flexible, and again, synergizes well with the fact that the team likes to move around a lot during turning point one, getting themselves in positions for turning point two ambushes. Uh, absolutely synergizes well with the team, and you can flex it hard outside. Uh, the camo cloak, I think that's a little bit more of a niche pick. Um, you know, definitely nice to be able to retain extra cover dice, but how often that will come up really depends on who you're fighting against. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that team is really vulnerable to extra cover even mattering. Um, Maybe. So can really... Go maybe ahead. pathfinders maybe if marker like, lights uh, didn't exist yeah uh other yeah. other 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 sniper other like shooty hordes that might be it might be decent to take a couple of them into but i mean there's so many other equipment that's just better than the the camel cloak like uh you i believe the way that i read this rule originally is that you could also take the uh extra blade onto the scout hunter so that when he grapples underneath a vantage point, uh, he gets balanced on his combat blade. So not only is he critting on threes, but then he's re-rolling ones. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do believe that's a great combination. Yeah. That's a good callout. I, I didn't see Yeah, I didn't that even yet. see that one. Yeah, uh, That's great. Yeah, and then um, you can also do blade ambush and re-roll all of your twos. <laughs> there you go. Um, and be like, hey, I'm going to 100% hit hit you and do as much damage as fucking possible. Um, I love it. Thank God they don't have an ability to strike twice before they, an opponent gets to my crazy thing is right. My, my, the thing is this team is like this guy, this one homie is better than like a normal fucking reaver, right? Like, yeah, the reaver can strike twice, you know, fast or whatever, but like, this is the operative that I wanted for Phobos. This is the guy that should have been on Phobos. The one reaver that you always take. This is what we needed in the Phobos Dyer's need. And instead, we just got weird buff after weird buff after weird buff. Well, Sorry, Phobos. Remember this. Vanguard with, gives you plus two inches of movement. Hmm. I mean, that that would be even more destructive, in my opinion. But I also, as a, as a, as a counter to Dakota right now, you have to set this guy up. The Reaver can just do all that stuff. So there's a, there's a lot less setup to make it happen. Not saying the setup's hard, but there's still setup you got to do. The Reaver just does it and can yeah. strike twice and be like, all right, I'm going to deal uh, anywhere from eight to 10 damage, two hits first. And if I do that to your guy, I just killed the scout because you don't have an ability to be like, yeah, no, I can stop some damage. You just die. That's true. That's so, true. So there, yeah, there's, I, I want to say both. that if they had uh so this is the baby reaver if they had daddy reaver that's this new name for 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 <laughs> you know like so this is baby version if they had the daddy version a part of phobos where you could actually you know auto crit on threes and do all that kind of crazy shit too and hit twice homie would be sick and homie would be taken all the time you feel me oh yeah i mean i think you got to take the reaver sergeant or at least a reaver on your team yeah. every time yeah at least you- Gee, you have to let me cook. You can't just put out the fire in the kitchen, okay? I have to. I have to at least try. You know, yeah, got to at least try. Can't, yeah, was, can't, this can't be all a pro positive. You know, you got to have I, those counters. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was starting that. I was starting a grease fire. <laughs> thank, thank you for stopping me. Thank but you. no, you're you're absolutely right. Like the lethal three with the extra blade is kind of nuts. And when you have the ambush on top of it, like that's an incredible move for the team in general. 
Like just, yeah, yeah I don't want to deal with that. It's something that people won't see coming, right? Like, like that's the cool thing about this team is, is, is that they're tricksy, but they're simple, you know? Um, and as long as you know the team well, you can perform at a higher level than what people might think you can. Is who wants to go over talk, targeting Ocular and um, talk about giving it to uh, your sniper? Or it's uh, uh, it's an interesting one. Put it on a shotgun. No, <laughs> <laughs> you could put it on your heavy bolter, right? Or your sniper. Your yeah, my um for for my money, it's going to go on a heavy weapon. Heavy um, heavy the, weapon. This, this to me is is going to go on a missile launcher mm-hmm. or the heavy bolter. Uh, the sniper rifle can tend to do so much work off of just so many hits plus uh, the mortal wounds. Where I don't know how much it gets out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, missile launcher being able to flex into crack and frag missiles could be really neat, or just heavy bolter again, just drown in dice. Um, yeah, I'm not super hot on things that grant no cover, um, especially because again, um, the team that no cover would be really good against is is immune to no cover, so that makes it a little, little less exciting. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to skip this one for me. Um, I played Kazergan enough to know that the same thing they have the long range scope. The long range scope Kazergan, is not always worth and it. It always sounds like really really cool. Um, but in practice, it, it ends up not mattering. When I should have just taken more stims. Yeah. 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 Or the combat blade, honestly. Or the combat blade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. I think it'd be funny to put an ACOG scope on a shotgun mm-hmm. or something, you know? <laughs> just, I, just to be silly, but it's not... It's I wouldn't do that, actually. Yeah, going back to Camo Cloak, I just... There's so many better options... While Camel Cloak is good in itself, I just think that like somebody's probably always going to take the extra blade on a baby reaver. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you're going to take the heavy wipe and bipod, maybe targeting ocular. And then you're already sitting at six. And then you take like, you know, a frag, a crack, or a smoke, or like, you know, the rest of climbing. It really depends. They have so much stuff that they want to take, it's going to be difficult to balance what you should take. Yeah, I think I think once again, it's hard to say no to a frag and crack grenade here, um, especially because the team has so many ways of delivering those tools and delivering them effectively on turning point one. Um, you know, I'm thinking yeah. on, on open board. How are you going to stop uh, magic scouts with magic recon dashes with plus APL flying around, uh, chucking frag grenades, getting rerolls? Um, that's just going to be so much more powerful than, you know, in extra defense uh, save from cover. Now, when you take infiltrate or recon, uh, you resolve this all at the same type of scouting step. You don't get six inches of of extra movement. Am I correct? Or does this team actually get six inches of movement? Well, you, no. you could theoretically do a recon dash on the same operative, but in order to be eligible to do a recon dash, you have to be holding in your drop zone. Mm. So, uh, in practice, there's no utility to it. Um, you can get reality. like three and seven eighths of an inch if you really wanted to, I guess. Well, no, because okay. you have to be wholly within your drop zone. So you you actually, mm, your base, um, yeah. unlike the cheeky combo within the breach um, and the recon dash, um, you you can't uh, do double recon dash to give you any any uh, more forward movement. Fair, you can get fair. more lateral movement off of that. Uh, but then the question is, well, why didn't you just do a redeploy? Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready to talk about Blades of Cain? Well, you're going to have to wait till next week because this is a two-parter. We're going to end this one here, and I just want to get do our, a couple shout-outs. Um, one of which is, once again, I want to thank you to all of our Patreons. 
Um, and I also want to thank all of our, uh, everyone who's donated to the Go, GoFundMe. You're going to hear that a lot because I am extremely grateful for everyone who has done so. Um, and uh, if you can't afford a GoFundMe, then uh, consider joining our Patreon for, I think we have a $2 tier, $6 tier, and a $20 tier. And uh, yeah, enjoy. If you enjoy listening to us, then we'll be putting extra listening to us and others on the on that called Squad Games Redacted. So, uh, Chris, do you have any shout outs, brother? Uh, the only shout out I got today is uh, for Luster's Workshop, where you can find some amazing uh, terrain and, uh, you know, packets for, uh, you know, good tournament play and map layouts, uh, just all in all, uh, awesome group of people, and uh, they run great tournaments. So shout out for those folks. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Um, one more I forgot is when this episode drops, there will only be one week left to pre-order t-shirts and um, and sweatshirts for LVO. So on the second is the very last day that you can put pre-orders in for... Um, for our merch for LVO and we will ship it if you are not attending. So please go ahead and go support us by, um, you know, getting that and the, all the art was, uh, done by Dylan. So amazing stuff. But, uh, gee, do you have anything else to say? Yeah, I got some stuff to say. Firstly, I'd like to thank all our Patreon members. We really appreciate your support. It does help us do a lot for you guys and for the community as a whole. And then I'd like to thank everyone on our Discord. You know, they're always bringing out the conversations. Kill Team, 40K, uh, mostly just Kill Team. You can join that conversation in the link below. And lastly, if you want to find what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at wargaming underscore studios. Again, that's wargaming underscore studios. I just posted pictures of my Casterkin. They're done now. Hooray! But until next time, guys, see ya. The Squad Games Podcast is a production of Squad Games Entertainment. For more information on Squad Games, please visit our website at lustersworkshop.com slash squad dash games.